Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE Podcasts. Well, hello, my friends over at the Church of God Central West Region to all the leadership as well as the young group of people that I love and adore so much. This is Pastor Sibby Thomas coming to you from Chattanooga, Tennessee. It is my joy, my honor to join uh, with you during through this medium uh, of technology as well as through this podcast. And my uh, special greetings to all of the leadership, especially Pastor Benji Matthew and Pastor Benison Mathai uh, of the Central West Region. I pray that the Lord has been blessing you and keeping you during the course of the events that is happening in India as well as all around the world. Um, my task this uh, this day today is to just to challenge you a little bit of what life would look like on the other side of normal. What life would look like on the other side of normal. Um, really quickly, the book of Exodus chapter number 14, verse number 27. Uh, the book of Exodus chapter number 14, verse number 27. Um, I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible. The Bible says like this, So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak, while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. Then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. When the sea returned back to its normal state at daybreak. The world that we are living in today is something that is very unique. Um, in so many different ways, we will all have to understand that while we are all terrified and we are all concerned about what might happen the next very moment, one thing remains in common that regardless in which corner of the world you might be, that we have a sense of unison, we have a sense of unity about one thing, that to make sure that this pandemic does come to an end that this pandemic, this lockdown, this season of isolation that we are experiencing in so many different ways would come to a closure. And with that in mind, we have to also realize one thing, that we as a church should be in a position to be prepared for what lies ahead of us. What lies ahead of us? What lies ahead of us should be something that we ought to be prepared for rather than us just facing it when uh when we when when we get to get to it the bible uh talks about this amazing story about the people of israel that is about to cross over to the other side and when they're prepared to cross over to the other side one of the things that happens in this particular situation is that god always had a detour for the people of israel the book of Exodus chapter number 13 gives you an idea that there was already a gain, there was already a shortcut that would allow these people to come over to the other side. But regardless of that, what God wanted was to make sure that the people of Israel would go through a detour. Sometimes in our life, we have to realize and recognize that we are sometimes going through situations in our life that we would not call normal. 2020 is one of those years that we can easily and clearly say was not normal or is not normal. And we are always thinking of finding other ways. We had ideas, we have agendas, we had programs, we had uh, a calendar set, we had schedules, we had uh, big plans for the year 2020. But it seems like all of a sudden, the March month of March onwards, God sends a detour to his people. God sends a detour, not just to the political arena of our lives, not just to the uh, business or economic aspect of our life, not just to the medical aspects of the world, but also to our personal lives as well. Everything that we had had to come to a place where it needed to be put on hold. Everything that we had had to come to a place where we have to realize and recognize that, you know what, that God had to reassure the people of God that he was indeed in control. Your detour is a plan that is being rerouted by God. Let me say that again. Your detour plan is something that is being rerouted by God. What is this case? The people of Israel is teaching us a particular story. What is the people of Israel teaching us? The people of Israel is teaching us that while you're committed to God, while you are going through the situation, you have to realize and recognize that if your life is surrendered to God, 
God has particular detour plans in for our life. And when we have detour plans in our life, you have to realize that God would be the one that is going to guide us. The Bible the Bible says that you know that these people that the people of God were being led by a cloud. They were led, led, led by a, a pillar of fire. And yet there was a sense of loneliness. Yet there was a sense of darkness that they had to go through. What was the reason for that? The reason for that is because there, God is one that sees some things that you and I cannot see. Not just what is ahead of us. Also, but the flip side of the coin, what is also pursuing us. There are enemy tactics, enemy schemes, enemy plans that always pursuing us and when the enemy thinks that we are lost in the nights in, in the night or in the darkness of the hour you probably also might be thinking the same thing the the, the people of Pharaoh were the army of Pharaoh was in a position to follow the people of God to say hey these guys could have gone the shorter route but these guys are so ignorant these people are so ignorant that they're taking the long route out little do they realize that the Red Sea is going to be in front of them so guess what the enemy sees that it is a perfect opportunity for them to get out of their seat so that they could pursue the people of God and corner them. There are times in our life that God puts us on a rewrap, sends us on a detour. Why? Because those kind of ignorant moves are the things that is going to motivate the enemy to get off his seat and pursue you. What he thinks is a trap for you will actually become a trap for him. What he, what you think is going to be an issue for you is going to be in a place where it is going to be an issue for them. You have to realize sometimes you cry in the dark by calling upon the, the hand of God to say, Hey God, what's going on here? How is this going to work out? How is this going to pan out? But you have to realize that in all of this, the steps of the righteous are being ordained by God. And when the steps of the righteous are being ordained, by God, those steps also are not just about another footstep, but it is also to provoke the plan of the enemy to get up, to rise up, to pursue you so that he thinks that he's got you. But I want to tell you something, child of God, it is just the master plan of the, of, of the Lord God himself, the one that has called you, the one that is leading you through this dark moment, the one that is leading you through this lonely moments to make sure that Pharaoh's army would come out and pursue and fall into what the devil would think that is, is, is just a cornered space. My perfect scheme would come together, but no, what it is, it's a giant trap for the enemy. Let me tell you something, child of God. What I want to tell you from this story is this, that you should be in a position to recognize that God wants you to keep moving, keep rolling. When you think that things are getting dark, when you think that things are getting tough, when you think that there is no hope, guess what? You have to realize God is leading you on. It might be looking foggy in front of you, but when you turn around, you will see that the enemy is pursuing you and you might think it's the end. No, child of God. God who knows the, who is your Alpha and the Omega is in a position to make sure that he can cover for you in the days ahead. I pray that the Lord will continue to strengthen you and keep you and guide you and lead you as you go through the navigate through the maze of 2020 to make sure that you will be in a position to receive the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'll be joining you on episode two very soon and look forward to seeing you soon. In the meantime, walk in the light of the Lord. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE Podcasts. This is Pastor Sibby Thomas coming to you again from Chattanooga, Tennessee in the United States. Just yesterday, we started a conversation concerning the fact about how we should be in a position to see how God is leading us through the dark hour. We start off with the conversation from the book of Exodus, chapter number 14, verse number 27, that the Bible says that when the sea has returned back into its normal state, when the sea has returned back to its normal state. And when we read that particular scripture, we also recognize that I want to jump from chapter 14 into chapter number 15. And when in chapter number 15, we will see that God is in a place where he's being praised. What is he being praised for? He's being praised for the fact that 
that of the wondrous works that the Lord has done in the life of the Israelites. And when we're doing the wondrous work deeds in the life of the Israelites, the people of God wants to celebrate the goodness of God. I want to tell you something. <clears throat> what has quarantine done for you? How has it changed your life? Are you just concerned about the present? Has it changed your outlook of what life would look on the other side of normal? What would life look on the other side of the Red Sea of, of quarantine that you're facing today? What you are to understand, one thing, child of God, that these quarantine times, these moments of lockdown, these moments where God has shifted you, where God is rerouting you, is also times for you to be strategic in the presence of God. What should we be strategic about? And I want to share it with you the first thing that the people of Israel was very strategic about. The first thing the people of Israel was strategic about was about their worship. Now, you might be wondering, what in the world am I talking to you? Understand the book of Exodus, chapter number 15, from verse number 1 through verse number 21, you have to realize that God is in a place where he's being that the people of Israel is being strategic about their worship. It is a big song that is, it's like a huge, two, two psalms that is being sung. One is sung by Moses and the other one is sung by Miriam. And it was a worship that was unlike any other worship that was offered by the people of God. Now you might be thinking, well, pastor, that's, that's, that's expected because these people just saw an amazing move of God in their life by crossing the Red Sea. Well, child of God, that is true, but that it is that is not just it. You have to realize one thing. The Bible says in Ephesians, I'm mean, sorry, in Exodus chapter 15, the Bible says that Moses and the children of Israel, it's very important that you understand that. Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider has thrown into the seal, into the sea. Watch this verse, verse number two. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. Sounds like an amazing start to a song. But on the flip side of the coin, you have to realize from where this is coming from. If you go back to the book of Exodus, chapter number three, there is a conversation that God has with Moses. Moses asked this question of God, who should I tell that you are? And when that happens, he's, God turns around and says, you ought to introduce me to the people of Israel by saying that I am who I am. What does that mean? Hey, I'm asking for a name. I'm asking for an identity. And guess what God says? I am who I am. That seems like it's a rude, crude type of introduction or to the people of Israel. There's a reason why God says that because the reason why God says that is God is in the midst of a battlefield. What is that battlefield? It is a battlefield for the attention and the worship of God. There were so many numerous other gods in that society. There was the God of fertility. There was the God of rain. There was a the God of harvest. There was a the God of blessing, the God of the healing, the God of deliverance, the God of prosperity. There were so many different gods and the God of Israel was in a position where he was finding himself to be in a position that he is competing with other gods. So the rerouting that we talked about yesterday or in the last episode, it's also not just to defeat the, the Pharaoh's army that is following you, but it is also to defeat the other gods in our life. Now you might be saying, well, pastor, I don't have any of the gods in, in my life. Yes, I don't bow down to all these other gods. You are absolutely right. But how many times have you relied upon your own strength? How many times have you relied upon your, uh, upon your paycheck or your money? How many times have you relied on medication? and medicine. I'm not saying all these things are wrong, but I, my question to you is, is it in a position to compete with the God you serve? If you have a, a physical issue, are you approaching God when the doctor said there is no hope or are you approaching God from the get-go? And that is what God is trying to say. The people of Israel were saying one thing very key. What are they saying? Now there is no more competition. On the other side of normal, there is no more competition, God. You are my strength. You are my song. You are my salvation. You are my God. 
You are worthy of finding a place. I have found you worthy of a habitation, as the King James Version says, a worthy of habitation inside of me. You are worthy to be in my house, in this temple of the Holy Spirit. And because now I have come to the conclusion that there is no other God outside of you, you truly are the great I am. I am not just going to proclaim that on a Sunday morning. I'm not just going to proclaim that on a, at a prayer meeting. I'm going to proclaim that wherever I go, in my job, in my home, in every aspect of my life, one thing that I'm going to make sure during this quarantine state is that my worship will not be the same going forward. It's not just for the first Sunday that you come back into the church, but every single day, there is going to be something that is going to be different about my worship. There is going to be something that is going to be different about the way I live my life as an acceptable living sacrifice to God. Let me tell you something, child of God, what you have to realize is on the other side of normal, on the other side of normal, God is expecting to bring a move in your life so powerful and it will start with worship, non-competing worship. Let me say that again, non-competing worship. Sure, when you come to church, you don't say, I trust my Indian rupee or the American dollar. But let me tell you something, how much have you placed your trust in some of these things? Are you trusting God for the provisions of God? Are you trusting God for the move of God to happen in your life? If you are not, I pray that this is the best day to make sure that you will take a check on your worship to make sure that you are in a position to honor the King of, King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. When you get to the other side of normal, may your worship be different. Father, I pray for everyone that's listening. I pray, Lord God, that when we get to the other side of this lockdown, a lockdown and quarantine state, that our worship would be different. That our that our that our worship would be completely a sweet-smelling aroma towards you. Again, thank you for, again, folks. I pray that the Lord would bless you this day and keep you. And we look forward to catching you up with you on the next episode. In the meantime, God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you, hearing from you very soon. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE Podcasts. Well, hello again, Young People's Endeavor. I pray that the Lord is also blessing you today as well. Um, Over the last few days, we have started a series called The Other End of Normal or The Other Side of Normal. And uh, one of the first things that we discussed from the book of Exodus chapter number 14, verse 27, where the Bible says that Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak. When all these things, when the quarantine, the lockdown, and the entire world, and your world, our world as a whole, comes back to being normal, what will our life look like? First and foremost, what we discussed was that God is the God of rerouting. God is a God of detours. God is the one that led the people of Israel through a particular place and a particular situation to make sure that he could provoke the enemy to chase after them and to fall into the master uh, master trap called the Red Sea. Number two, the other day we talked about worship, how our worship ought to be different on the other side of normal. And when we step on the other side of normal, we have to recognize and realize that God is going to bring us to a place and in a situation to make sure that our worship will be very, very different. And that worship is not exclusive to the way you sing and lift up your hands, but is also to the place where we are showing, giving ourselves as living sacrifices to God. There will be no competition as to who receives the glory and honor and praise in your life outside of God. Now, when we read uh, Exodus chapter 15, after we talk about identity of the worship, the next thing that we ought to talk about is about identity. I want to read to you Exodus chapter number 15, verse number 20. Exodus chapter uh, 15, verse number 20. The Bible says, Then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron took the timbrel in her hand and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The 
force and its rider. He has thrown into the sea. One of the things that you have to understand is on the other side of normal, you will also see that God has God was in control of your route to come to the side. Number two, God, you're also in a place where your worship has changed. And number three that I want to talk to you about is to make sure that your identity will never remain the same. Your identity does not remain the same as it was on the other side of the Red Sea. The Bible talks about here that Miriam the prophetess, the sister of, sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand. When we talk about that, you have to realize one thing, that when we are in a position where God reroutes us and God leads us through dark moments, God leads us through amazing signs and wonders, when God leads us through all the, the, the places of uncertainty, just imagine for a moment if you're in a position to imagine how the Israelites might have felt when they were crossing the Red Sea, walls of water on both sides. Sure, it was a, probably an amazing sight, but they probably did not see it because it was the dark of the night. And when it comes to all of those things, it was such an amazing sight that if you are in a position to imagine that. And also, there's also a level of fear. You know what the level of fear is? That level of fear is, oh my God, what would happen if all this thing would come crashing in? Me, my family, my livestock, all these things would be in a perilous stage. And with that in mind, you have to realize this is how the people of Israel crossed over to the other sea. I'm also one to even possibly even think, I'm not going to say it was, but I'm one to even possibly think that even Moses, when he was crossing over the Red Sea, was in a position where he probably like wondered also, my God, this is amazing, this is awesome, just bring us over to the other side. And maybe a level of anxiety, a level of curiosity, a level of fear even might have crept in into his life. But all throughout that dark moment, there was a transformation <coughs> that was going on in the camp. A little transformation was going on in the camp that no one knew about. See, that transformation was happening in the life of Miriam. Miriam, while she was still in Egypt, while she was still in bondage, while she was still in lockdown, while she was still in exile, there are so many good things to talk about Miriam, but on the flip side of the coin, there was something that was inside of her that needed to be birthed. What was inside of her that needed to be birthed? A new identity had to be birthed out of her. If she was not willing to go through the, take that faith step to go through the darkness of the Red Sea, you have to understand that dark moment became so intimate with God that God birthed new ministry inside of her. Until this moment, she was the sister of Aaron. She was the sister of Moses. She was. She probably had a prominent position in that place. But on the flip side of the coin, you have to recognize one thing. God was about to pull her out of the crowd. God pulled her out of the crowd. And in verse number 21, the Bible says like this. Verse number 20, the Bible says like this. That Miriam the prophetess. When you are in a position where God is trying to move you and change you and probably uh, mess you up a little bit and probably take you out of your plans, you have to realize one thing. This is the time that God wants you to be intimate with him. Kind of like how a husband and wife would be intimate with each other. And out of that intimacy, something new is being birthed in the same way that in the darkest hour of our lives, God wants us to be intimate with him so that something new will be birthed out of us. It was probably always inside of us. We always thought that, felt that, probably even prophesied about, but unfortunately that has never come out. But I want to tell you one thing. These dark moments are key inklings to tell you that whatever was locked inside of you, what how, whatever the Egyptians was trying to suppress in you, whatever the last things, last season was trying to hold you down, whatever the enemy said, it will not happen because God is saying right now that I am going to birth something new out of you. Now, you might be thinking, well, well Pastor, I'm not that kind of guy or I'm not that kind of gal. I'm not that kind of person that was that, that is probably fit that for that kind of role. You have to understand one thing. In the time of Miriam, that prophecy was strictly reserved for women, for, for men. But here is a woman that is stepping up to the plate. 
but God was going to do what we would call the flipping of the script. He would change things around. He was going to take the normal and make it abnormal. He was going to take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. He was going to take the natural and make it supernatural by giving this woman a new identity. He just decided to bring the lowest of the lowest in the caste system in that time, a woman to a position that will evict the intermediaries in their relationship with God. She's only one of the seven in the Old Testament that served as a in the role or the office of a prophet during the old in, in the season of the Old Testament. What am I trying to say? What I'm trying to tell you is this. Do not waste these quarantine times. Do not take out these uh, moments of isolation. Do not take these lockdown times, but try to use these moments of darkness, these moments of loneliness, these moments of anxiety and curiosity to make sure that you become intimate with God. And when you become intimate with God, what happens is that, that God will birth something that is in you. So whatever comes out on the other side of the Red Sea, is going to be totally different from what was on this side of the Red Sea. How Pharaoh saw you is not how the Israelites are going to see you. How Pharaoh's army saw you does not matter. No matter what kind of suppression that you are going through, that does not matter. But rather what is happening on the other side of the Red Sea is what matters. So I pray that in this season that you would get intimate with God so that he can put something in you, new in you. Again, this is Pastor Sidney Thomas from Hope City Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm glad that I get a chance to connect with you during the season of lockdown to do that. And I pray that God will birth some new spiritual gifts, some new spiritual warriors during this time of lockdown and this time of being out of normal state in your world. God bless you all. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE Podcasts. Well, hello again. This is Pastor Sibby Thomas coming to you from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I thank God for giving us another opportunity to connect today with the Word of God. Number one, that uh, we have realized that we have been starting a discussion, a discussion about what it means to be on the other side of normal, on the other side of normal. One of the things that we had discussed, uh, or the key uh, verse for that was from the book of Exodus, chapter number 14, verse number 27. The Bible says, so Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak. Um, we have been talking about the Red Sea uh, to be symbolic, like the lockdown and the quarantine things that we are going through in this in today's society. And one of the things that we first discussed on our first episode, what we discussed was about the fact about how God wants us to be in a position to recognize that He's the one who's ordaining our steps. He's the one, even though we're going through darkest moments, even though we go through lonely moments, even though we go through tough moments, we have to realize and recognize it is God that ordains our steps. And because He ordains our steps, it is also the one that He has other intentions to make sure that He doesn't open up a new way for you through signs and wonders, but also to make sure that you he also provokes the enemy to chase after you to fall into the master trap in this particular case called the Red Sea for the Pharaoh's army. The second day that we had talked about how after this quarantine and the normal state has uh, come back, guess what? We have to be in a position to make sure and realize that our worship will be a little bit different. Not just a little bit different, it should be radically different. It should not be in a place where God is competing with other factors for our worship. And the, that, la, the last uh, conversation that we had was to make to tell you how our identity changes in the moments of darkness, in the moments of, of intimacy with God, and how we can transform these moments of, of quarantine and lockdown to see how God wants us to change our identity in the presence of God. And last but not least, one thing that I want to tell you, it's not about your, just about your uh, the, the route that God wants to take you to take. It's not just about the uh, worship in God's presence. It is not just about the identity. But last but not least, we're going to talk about ministry. We're going to talk about ministry. 
you all know that God had brought the people of Israelites, the people of Israel, over to another side. When God brought them over to the other side, he brings them actually into a desert. He brings them into a particular desert, and he says like this, that the wilderness of Shur, and what was happening in that wilderness. Now, you got to understand one thing. They, they, they come from a massive body of water to a desert, and they come there, and there is an issue. The issue is that they were thirsty, and there was no water to drink. And the water that they had was so bitter that they called it that place Mara. The place Mara. In other words, that the word Mara actually means bitter. So there was a concern that was going on. What was that concern was going on? Hey, that concern is the fact that we have an issue that we have millions of people that are crossed over and they don't have water to drink. You have to recognize and realize one thing that when God has ordained your steps, when God has receives all the worship that he deserves you also have to realize that god brings you through certain things so that the past will not intimidate you anymore there are areas in your life that god holds you by his right hand and brings you through but that is also not just a process of him holding your hand but it is also a level of graduation what am I, what am I talking about? I'm saying that you got to realize one thing, that the people of Israel were going through the Red Sea. What was their intimidating factor? Their intimidating factor was not just Pharaoh. The intimidating factor is like, what if all this water, how will all this water turn to, to turn into two sides? How will all this water be in a position where it also bring us land that is going to, where we could walk on dry ground? And the intimidating factor that was lying before the Israelites were, was the Red Sea. They even questioned and said, hey, why didn't we just die back in Egypt? Is it not because there were no graves back there? But guess what? God brings them to the Red Sea and their intimidating factor was a body of water. Now they come over on the other side and they come over the other side and guess what? Now also they have a problem. Their problem still remains to become water. And the water that they have has become bitter. Now what they do is God gives them ministry tells them that you are to minister. I'll give you the tools for ministry, but you are to minister to make sure that you can bring over, uh, be in a position to be uh, overcoming any issues when it comes to the body of water. And when that ministry happens, you have realized one thing. It is not about anything else that you have hanging on a wall, degrees or ordinations or anything along those lines. You have to be in a position to realize that whatever intimidated you in your last season shall not intimidate you again. That, that process that you went through was a graduation. It was a process that you walked through with your cap and gown, came on the other side, and everything that you learned through that process should be used to make sure that the, the next trouble comes up in your life, that you would not be intimidated when you see water. And the Bible says like this, that God wanted to make sure that, it, that, that the people of Israel would take a stick, would take a stick and put it into the water why? So that they would be able to drink out of you. And from that point on, when they took the ministry up, the Bible is saying like this, that he started establishing himself, saying that I am the Lord who heals you. I can heal you. There were things that were happening in the back in the last season of their life. And now God is saying, no, now that you've taken over ministry, now that I, that you see that I can equip you, now that you see that you've taken over the role of being empowered, guess what is happening? God is telling the world, God is telling the people of Israel that this ministry will not be an intimidating ministry. The things of the world will not intimidate you, but it will not threaten you. It will not dare you, but you are in a position to take on to higher ground. This lockdown gives you an opportunity to assess, Lord, where am I lacking? Where am I falling apart? And with that, you can be strategic to make sure that God will bring you through that season. And when he brings you through that season, when you come over to the other side, those things should not be fearful to you. You have to be in a position where you will, you and I will overcome fear. We will overcome fear. That fear, the greatest struggle that we have in ministry is fear. What if, what if, what if, all these questions that we have. But let me tell you something, that we are being called to be in a position to not operate from a platform of fear, but to operate from a platform of love, of a sound mind of power and i pray that the pe the young people in in the central west region will recognize that on the other side of this quarantine and lockdown 
you have a greater ministry that you need to step up for. You are not be, might, might not be in a position to get a pastor to help you out. You might not be in a position to do this, that, or the other, what you're used to. But on the other side of this lockdown, I pray that the young people of the Central West region will be in a position to take up ministry for themselves. Always heeding to the voice of God, hearing to the word of God, always keeping the scriptures in line. But yet, when the Lord says move, you will be in a position to move. And just like the Israelites got a new revelation, that you would get a new revelation, and that would revelation would guide you to further dig deep about who God is and how great he is. So understand one thing, child of God, this quarantine season shall come to an end. This lockdown shall come to an end. But how will you come out of it? Will you be a transformed believer? Would you be a transformed soldier? Would you be a transformed individual? Otherwise, your quarantine season, your lockdown season would be of no use. I pray that the Lord will bring bring uh, a sense of understanding and discernment to you in this season so that you can be in a position to make sure that you are better, better equipped for the glory of the kingdom of God. May God bless you with these words. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE Podcasts. Well, hello again, Central West Region, YPE. Blessed to know that we are in position to connect with you uh, through the mediums of technology. This is Pastor Tisibi Thomas from Chattanooga, Tennessee in the United States. And I pray that God's blessing is also resting on you. One of the things that I want to share with you is from a very familiar scripture. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 25 about the story of the 10 virgins or the parable about the 10 virgins. And we are all aware of what is going on in that particular story, a story that is going out to meet out the bridegroom and 10 virgins go out with the bridegroom, bride. And at that very moment in time, you will see that when uh, the bridegroom was delaying, one of the things that was happening was that all went to sleep. And when they all went to sleep and they woke up, guess what happens? There is only five that was prepared and five that was not prepared. So that's the gist of the story about the story of the uh, uh, 10 virgins that we see in Matthew 25. And with that in mind, I want to share a few things with you concerning that particular uh, situation. Like I told you that you're already well aware of the Sunday School story. Um, there are a few things that I want to tell you that all the ten virgins had in common. They were all virgins, first and foremost. Second of all, they all had lamps. Number three, they had, all had oil. They were all waiting. Um, they all got, they all slept and uh, they all got tired because they all got tired and sluggish and that's why they all slept. But in that process, there was five of them that were very, very wise. The Bible says that uses the word in the English language called the word prudent. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 3 says, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple man, simple pass on and are punished. What does it mean to be prudent. That means you're able to make the proper decision at the proper time. And what does it mean? And the also, Bible also talks about the fact that they were five foolish people or the word that we used in that word is called moron. And it's a usual common language that we use here in America. But on the flip side of the coin, that basically means that you're being dull in your thinking. They were dull in your thinking. And all 10 of them had lamps in their hand. Uh, now, when you talk about that, the Bible says like this, that um, that lamp was something that was going to be used as a tool. It was meant to serve as a sword in battle, as we see in Ephesians 6. It was meant to serve as a guide in Psalm 119. It was meant to serve like medicine in Psalm 107. And all these things, you have to understand one thing, was they were given a lamp. They all had a lamp to go meet the bridegroom, yet they were completely lost. That's where they needed the oil. The oil makes it all work. The thing we have to understand is this, that as Christians, we have to recognize that we all have been given the word of God. We all have the word of God in our hands. Yet my question is, why does not? Why are we in a position where we cannot apply the word of God in our lives? The reason for that is because we have to recognize those five virgins that were foolish. They all had a lamp, but the Bible clearly says that they did not have enough lamp. The reason why we are in a position where we can 
cannot see the power of God and the power of the word of God being manifest in our life is because the anointing that comes with the word of God will is not being fulfilled or coming to a place that we have. You have to realize the first thing that you, about those about those people is that they came with insufficient oil. They came with insufficient oil. The Bible says that they came with the lamp but did not have enough oil. They did not have enough oil. See, the the, the, the Bible clearly says that uh, they had they, they, they came with enough oil till the moment they slept. Till the moment that they slept, guess what? They had enough oil. But they were not they were not in a position to have enough oil to go for the journey that was coming after their tiresome season. The reason for that is because people were living off on borrowed oil. They were living off on borrowed oil. Let me tell you something. In our Christian journey, many a times, we, especially young people, we have to recognize one thing. We are also sometimes living off off on borrowed oil. What does it mean to live off on borrowed oil? Let me tell you something. There are so many people that are anointed men of God, women of God, parents that are praying for us. And because of their prayers, because of what they offer unto the Lord on our behalf, before, because of the fact that they are fasting, they are praying, men of God, women of God, parents, whoever it might be, they're praying on our behalf. We are in a position to be blessed because of that. But you do have to realize one thing, that the midnight hour is coming in our life. It comes in everyone's life. And when it comes in everyone's life, we have to be in a position to realize that we cannot live on borrowed oil. We cannot live off of borrowed oil. While borrowed oil might bring us to a particular juncture in life, when the midnight hour comes, when the dark moments come in our life, let me tell you something, child of God, we all have to be in a position to be prepared to live off our own oil, our own anointing, our own moments, our own oil that is birthed out of personal moments with the Lord. Let me tell you something, child of God, that we should never be in a position. While borrowed oil is great, while borrowed, uh, uh, the borrowed uh, uh, strength is great, while the the prayers of our loved ones are great we are not in a position to be to be in a position to say that hey this is good enough that is good enough no child of god we have to have our own i cannot survive on the prayers of just my mom or my or my church friends or because of my wife or my children i have to be in a position where i can survive but with and make my own oil so that others can also be in a position that when they go through trouble, that I would have enough oil for myself and for somebody else. We have to recognize one thing, that the Lord has called us to be in a position of, uh, of, of, of receiving the oil, keeping the oil, maintaining the oil, that when the bride when the, midnight, when the bridegroom comes in the midnight hour, may we never be caught up in a place where we don't have enough oil to burn in our lives. So child of God, my prayer to you today is this, that you would take an assessment, assessment of your inventory. Assess what it is that you do have. Assess what it is that you possess. Assess and to say, Lord, am I surviving off of somebody else's oil or do I have my own? I pray that we will never be in a position that we are being caught up. We are being never being in a position that we are being caught up, that we are not, uh, don't have enough oil for the midnight journey that is ahead of us. And we don't have been in a position to say that, Lord, if others need out of me, others need to borrow out of me, I don't have just enough anointing for me, I have more to spare. May we never be caught with our hands lacking with the power and the anointing of the word of God. May God bless you with these words as you take a moment to assess, to find out where am I, Lord, with the oil that you have poured in my life. May the good Lord bless you this day. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE Podcasts. Hello, hello, 
all again, it is my joy and my honor that we are in a position that we can come together and share for the word of God this day. I pray the last episode has been blessing you as well. We started the last episode about a conversation when it comes to the gospel of Matthew chapter number 25. In the gospel of Matthew chapter number 25, we talked about the fact of the matter that God has called us to become people that are carry a good inventory of the oil. In Matthew chapter number 25, we know that the story of the ten virgins, the story of the ten virgins talks about five foolish virgins and five wise virgins. And when we have those kind of virgins uh, in this particular story, five of them were not prepared to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were prepared to li- to uh, to m- receive the bridegroom. What was so um, particular or distinct about the five uh, uh, virgins that were foolish. What was so distinct about them is what we need to recognize and to study about. Last week we talked, last episode we talked about the fact that those people were inadequate, in, in, insufficient in their life. They were insufficient because they lived off on borrowed oil. When we live off on borrowed oil and the midnight hour comes in our life, we might be in a position that we might be not be able to carry the, the, the torch of the word of God in our lives. We can live on borrowed oil because the borrowed oil talks to us about about how we live off of the prayers of our parents, of our pastors, or anybody else that's blessing us. And we cannot be in a position that we rely on somebody else's prayers to carry us through the midnight hour. But we should be in a position to say that we have enough of the oil in my lamp to carry not just me, but as well as the people that are with me as well. And when we learn and when we think about that particular thing, you have to also realize one thing, that we must be also in a position not to realize that the foolish people were not just insufficient, but they were also inadequate. What does it mean from this perspective to be inadequate? See, you've got to understand one thing. They were carrying the lamp. The lamp is that represents the word of God. But application of the lamp, application of the lamp, the lamp is useless without the oil. And you have to realize the word of God is also useless without the anointing of God in your life to apply the word of God in our lives. See, the thing is, there are many people that know the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, but yet not in a position to apply the word of God because they are not understanding how to shift in life. And when they shift in life, for shifting to happen in your life, you need the anointing oil of God. I know when you're driving in India, I'll tell you, you know, you uh, in India, there is a, uh, all the cars have a manual shift. And the, when you have, when you're climbing up the mountain or coming down, uh, when you're trying to shift those gears, it is important that you have the right kind of oils, the right kind of fluids to make sure that you can shift from first gear to second gear to third gear to fourth gear. In the same way, it is important that when God calls us to shift, especially in seasons like this where we do not know what's going on around us, that we would have the right amount of oil to apply so that we can make these shifts, these changes without much upon our mind, much, much anxiety, much issues, much struggles whatsoever. So it is important that we be in a position to apply the word of God and apply the oil that comes in with the lamp. Okay, what does that mean in our in our particular context? And you have to realize when it comes to that, the Bible says like this, that the people came together and they all slept. And when they all slept, what happened at that very particular moment is the fact that they were not, they, they all shut down their lamps and they went, down, went out to sleep. And when they went to sleep, the thing of the matter was that the five virgins that were foolish did not have enough oil to make sure that they can light up their light light up their lamps for the journey ahead so with that in mind one of the struggles that they were facing was this that they could not continue their journey because of the fact they were lacking in oil now let me tell you something child of God many of us are in a position that we are stuck because we don't have the right kind of oil to make sure where we are going why is that because the reason we don't choose to carry this kind of oil is because of pride. Understand one thing, pride should not let put us in a position where we can apply the word of God, apply the oil of God in our lives. Now, you might say, hey, pastor, where do we, how do you say that? I'll tell you, this is how it happens. The people says, okay, hey, if you're not going to give us oil, guess what we're going to do? We are going to run over to the store and we are going to get some oil. Now, you've got to understand one thing. This is the midnight hour. The Bible will give you enough inclinations to say that there is no stores 
There's no place to buy in the midnight hour. For example, if you go to the Gospel of John, chapter number 9, verse number 4, the Bible says like this, Jesus says like this, For the night is coming when no one can work. According to the Jewish custom, there is no one that is available to work at the midnight hour. Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 5, uh, chapter number 11, verse number 5, says, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. I need three loaves in this midnight hour. If he could go to a store, he would not go to his friend's house. If there was a resource available, it, and they would not go to the friend's house if that resource was available. So you got to understand one thing, child of God. The pride of their lives was not causing them to go and to apply wisdom in their life. The pride of life was not allowing them to use wisdom in their life. I'll give you another classic example. The fact of the matter is, okay, hey, there are five virgins that are ready to go meet the bridegroom. They have the lamps. They are the wise virgins. If these virgins were smart enough, they were in a position to be wise enough, what they should have done is to walk in the light of the other five virgins. That light was not something that was hidden, but rather the light was something that was called to shine. If that is the case, they could have walked with these five virgins, the five wise ones, to make sure that they get to their destination properly. Number two, you also have to recognize when the bridegroom cometh, he does not come like a thief in the night, but rather he comes with jubilation, he comes with celebration, he comes with a sound, he comes with light. And if they were smart enough, what they ought to have done was to make sure that they are in a position to walk in the sound and in the light of the bridegroom. The fact of the matter is that these people were so ignorant about their wisdom, the wisdom that they have, that they were not properly able to apply it. Therefore, guess what they did? They ran to a place where it was utter darkness, utter, utter, utter loneliness, where they would not be in a place to see the bridegroom coming. Let me tell you something, child of God. You never hear about those five virgins, five virgins actually getting oil from the store. They came back. How they came back, the Bible does not say that. But we can also assume that it was because of the sound of jubilation. Let me tell you something, child of God. There are times in our life where we cannot apply the word of God in our lives because of the lack of wisdom. But at least at that time, make sure you are in a position that you're surrounding yourself with wise people. Surrounding yourself with the right kind of people so that you are in a position to make sure that you would make the right choices, make the right decisions to say, okay, hey, my oil is out, but at least I can lean upon your oil. Or let me flip that around. There are times in our life where you don't got to understand that we might not have enough oil, that we might be able to provide wisdom to other people. The oil is the chief applicant of the word of God. The, cho- the, 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 the oil is the key ingredient to make sure that the lamp does its work. My prayer to you, child of God, today is this, that you would take a moment to assess and find out, Lord, is there enough oil in me? Not just that. Am I using it properly? Am I in a place where I know where I can run from that kind of oil? Should I meet the midnight hour? Should I see issues coming in my life? And my prayer that you would surround yourself with the right kind of people to make sure that that wisdom, if you do not have it, that you would be able to receive it from other people. And otherwise, you would be in a position to offer the kind of wisdom that the Word of God teaches us. May the Lord, good Lord, bless us as well. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE Podcasts. Well, hello again. I pray that the Lord is blessing you and has been blessing you through the course of all the conversations that we've been having for the past few days. I pray that the last few episodes has been blessing you as well in your journey with Christ Jesus. My name is Pastor Sibby Thomas. I'm coming to you from Hope City Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee in the United States. I pray that the Lord has also been keeping you during the season. For the last few episodes, we have been starting a conversation about the foolish virgins and the wise virgins. We go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 25, where Jesus teaches a parable to his disciples to tell them exactly what it is that 
uh, the end times would look like. As a matter of fact, in a few verses down, he talks about another parable about the wise and the foolish servants. And at the same time, he comes to the very end where he talks about sheep and goats. And he talks about sheep and goats. He says, there's going to be a season where there's going to be a sifting that's going to happen. A season where there's going to be a separation that's going to happen from the sheep and the goats. Now, you've got to understand one thing, child of God. That is exactly what uh, Jesus is trying to teach in Matthew chapter 25. That you got to understand that you will never be in a position where you are going to be likened to be a goat, but rather be likened to be a sheep. They might be stubborn animals. They might not be the most wisest, but they are ones that understand the voice of God. They're ones that understand the voice of the shepherd. And at that very particular moment in time, that the sheep would understand and realize that the Lord of the Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel, is the one that is going to call them out as specific ones. Over the course of the last two episodes, we have also been talking about the oil, the oil of the lamp, that of oil that was supposed to be carried with the lamp. What happened to the foolish virgins was the first thing that we see is the fact that they were insufficient. They were insufficient. There was a lack of oil and they did not carry that with them. They lived on borrowed oil as well as that we talked about the fact that they were inadequate in the last episode. They were inadequate with their oil. They were not in a position to apply wisdom in the season that they were in. But also today I want to go to the last part of this particular scripture. The Bible says that eventually the foolish women, foolish virgins came back and when they did came back, and the word says in verse number 11, verse number 20, chapter number 25, Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he said, answered and said, Assuredly, I say unto you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. You do not know the name, the, the day or the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Now, these virgins have made their way back. Uh, I don't know how they got back into that particular place, but they made their way back. And when they made their, made their way back, you have to realize one thing, what was happening at the door. Now, the other virgins have already made it into the party. Now that they made it, it into the party, one of the things that happens is this, that now they're coming knocking on the door and the bridegroom opens the door and when the bridegroom opens the door they says lord lord open to us and he says back to them saying that assuredly i say unto you i do not know you what made them foolish was not because of the fact that not only because they were insufficient not because they were inadequate alone but also that they were ignored why were they ignored they were ignored or they were rejected because of a lack of intimacy they the bible is saying that in another translation that i never knew you i never knew you what does that knowledge mean that knowledge does not mean that i know the books of the bible that knowledge does not mean that i know all the facts of the bible that knowledge means kind of the word as a husband would know his wife or a wife would know her husband her husband and that is the kind of knowledge that the bible is saying that there should not be an intimate act of knowledge that we have to see in the scriptures and you got to recognize at that point that when the lord calls us to a place of intimacy Intimacy. The Lord is calling us to a place of intimacy. If you have oil with you, you will automatically be drawn to become intimate with God. A moment of worship is not intimacy. A moment of being filled with the Holy Spirit is not intimacy. But let me tell you something. When you are intimate with somebody, what happens is that the desire to be with them, the desire to be like them becomes very, very crucial. The desire to be with them and to desire to be like them becomes very, very crucial. And you have to realize and recognize that the problem that we have in our life today is this, that when you have the oil in your hands, you will never be in a position to to, to compare yourself with somebody else. You're not in a position to be in competition with anybody else. See, one of the biggest problems that we have in discipleship today is that everybody is trying to become a better version of themselves. Everybody's trying to become a better version of themselves. But people who have the oil, the wisdom that comes with the lamp, the wisdom that comes with the Word of God will recognize one thing, that God is not expecting me to be a better version of me, but God is expecting me to become a better reflection 
of who he is. We say that again. If you have the right oil, the oil in the lamp or the anointing that goes to be application of the word of God, you will recognize the word is not trying to make me a better me. The word is trying to make me more like him, a better reflection of who he is. And you have to re- realize, child of God, that today when the world and, and the church has come to a place where they are, they have, where they have mixed it up. Where the world is trying to make us a better person, and we think that the church is also trying to make us a better person, a better version of me. No, we have to become a better version of who God is, of who God is, and the only way that will happen is because of intimacy. And if we don't have that level of intimacy in our life, child of God, I want to tell you all that you do in this world to pursue that holiness, all that you, to show that holiness. To show this, that, or the other, to show that you're Christian, will be useless at the trumpet call of the Lord. It'll be useless when the bridegroom comes, because he will turn around and tell you and tell me that he that he never knew us. He never knew us. Maybe never be found in a place that we ran in this world with all the knowledge of God. Did not have the right oil to apply the wisdom of the Word of God in our lives, so that we will be rejected at the door of heaven, at the gateway of heaven. May we never be rejected at the gateway to heaven. I pray that if the Lord tarries, that we will be in a position to realign our lives, reassess our lives, to become a better person, a better, better, better person. That will reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. That will reflect our own selves. I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, and may His light and face and face shine upon you, and may His light be a countenance upon you as well. May the Lord bless you with these words.